Good evening. Welcome. It's Christmas Eve. And Christmas Eve, of course, is that time where we anticipate the celebration tomorrow morning of the birth of our Savior, the promised Messiah. I'd like to read to you from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 23, an account of the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being just a man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Those three simple but profound words will be what our theme is this evening. God with us. God with us simply means God revealed. You know, these verses, the account of the Christmas story, this time of year especially can become very traditional. It can bring nostalgic memories. It can make us feel very comfortable, and those things are good. It's part of what we enjoy most about the Christmas season, isn't it? Time with friends and family, memories, the nostalgia, and all that goes into it. Those emotions are good. But let us never miss out on the reality of God's Word. My prayer is that tonight it would be fresh, for us at the end of one year and as we begin a new year to remember that God is with us. The invisible became visible. The intangible became tangible. Christmas is truly about God, creator of the universe, becoming human. The fulfillment of the promise of a Messiah and all else that happens this Christmas season flows from it the peace on earth goodwill toward men so important for us as christ followers it all flows from the very fact that god is with us so let these three simple words change your heart tonight and then change your life we will be looking at all three words separately tonight god with us first we say god with us we put the emphasis on god and why is that because jesus christ born humbly in a manger grew to then claim to be god he said in john 10:30 i and the father are one jesus was certainly not just another moral teacher he never left that option open I and the Father are one. See, the Creator of the universe 
comes to dwell with His people. All other world religions, all other philosophies, are centered on the idea of man, of human beings, mere mortals, communicating with a deity, trying to be moral people, earning acceptance and leading a good life in Christianity, in Christ. We understand there is only one who led a good, a perfect life. The perfect life necessary to meet that standard of a perfect God. We call this the incarnation, the act of being made flesh, God in human form, God with us. John 1.14 tells us this. It says, And the Word became flesh. The Son of God, eternally existent, came in the flesh in order to be the Savior of mankind. He was, the Scriptures tell us, born under the law to fulfill the law on our behalf. For we cannot keep the law, the standard of God ourselves. We cannot earn His favor by simply being good, moral people. We are unable in our flesh, see, to please God. So God Himself took on flesh on our behalf to fulfill that perfect law perfectly. Therefore, by His gracious, humble act, the gracious, humble act of a compassionate, merciful God, because of that, we have the offer of redemption and reconciliation. Listen to how the Gospel of John begins. Just the first five verses, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is God. We sing those words every Christmas. Light and life to all He brings. When we say, Emmanuel, God with us, what do those three words mean? First, we have to recognize the very first and most important word, God. It is God, the Creator of the universe, the Holy and Perfect One. He is the One who is with us. Not just a prophet. Not just one that He sends, but He Himself comes to dwell among men. The most important reason that Jesus has to be God. For if He is not God, His death would not have been sufficient to pay the penalty for the sins of the world. If He were but a created being, He could not pay the penalty required for sin against a holy and righteous God. Only God Himself could pay such a penalty. Only God Himself could take on the sins of the world to be crucified, to die, to be resurrected, proving His victory over sin and death. See, our great joy at Christmas is to celebrate, to anticipate the celebration of the birth more than 2,000 years ago of the one and the only one who can rescue us and save us from our sin. We say these three words, God with us. So simple, yet so profound. 
that it is God Himself come to dwell among men. Here at Trinity, we do those three things, and then we repeat. We learn, grow, and serve together, and we repeat that over and over and over again. Well, as we look at three other words tonight, so very important to the Christmas message, we are reminded of what he says at the end of the passage I read in Matthew 1. It says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophets. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. We saw that the first word, the most important word, is that it is God the creator of the universe who is with us. Can we even wrap our minds around that reality, that truth? But it is God with. Look at that simple word, with. It is God with us. What is packed into that one word, with? It means that we are in community with the God of the universe. We see that there was community already existing in the Trinity. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, when He says way back in Genesis, let us make mankind in our image. See that? And so we know that because it is God with us in the person of Jesus Christ, it is not only God, but it is God with. God with. We are in community with Him. We say we commune with Him when when we take communion together as a church. Why? Because we are communing once again with the Lord Jesus and, and in that intimate personal relationship. It says elsewhere in Scripture that God came and dwelt among His people. Right? In the person of Jesus Christ. And that means that He tabernacled with us. We know that word tabernacle. It was the dwelling place of God in the Old Testament. It could also be used that way, that He tabernacled with His people. He dwelt among His people. He was with His people. We know in the Old Testament that God appeared as a whirlwind or a burning bush, a pillar of fire. In ages past, people could certainly not even enter into His presence. You remember when Moses came down from the mountain, his visage so bright that they could not even look at him, that he needed to wear a veil. And he had only seen a portion of the living God. But now, in the person of Jesus Christ, God incarnate, we can have a personal relationship with our Creator. Do you believe that tonight? Right? But now as a child born in a major, as a human, that amazing? Aren't newborns so completely vulnerable and so accessible? They're always there for you, right? A newborn can do nothing on their own. I mean, you put them down in the crib and you come back and they're there. They're there for you. They're waiting. But now we see God in human form as a babe born in a manger grow to then walk among us. See, there is a difference between knowing about Him than knowing Him. See, we can know all kinds of facts and knowledge about Jesus, but it's so different from actually knowing Him. God with us. We could not see Him before, but now what does John say? He says, we beheld His glory. Now in the person of Jesus, we can see the very glory of God. Is that not amazing? Jesus took away that barrier. He was born to die, die on the cross. And when He did, 
we know that the curtain of the temple was torn in two so that we could have direct access to a holy and righteous God. Now we can know Him personally without fear. Do you remember in the Christmas story when the angels appeared to the shepherds? And it said the shepherds were afraid. God then says to us, do not be afraid. Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. John 1.14 again, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Consider, just for a moment, the weight of this great truth. The sheer gravity of the fact that the omniscient, omnipotent Creator of all of life, of your life, He desires to be with you. We also know that God will never leave us nor forsake us. For the Apostle Paul encourages us with these wonderful words of affirmation. He says, For who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, danger or sword? For I am sure, he says, that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We say amen to those beautiful words. It is God with. God with us. But not only God with us, but that great truth is then reflected in our relationships with one another, isn't it? See, we are wired as human beings by our Creator, God, to be in community with one another. We commune with God, but we are in community with each other. We have here at Trinity community groups. We get together during the week in small groups at somebody's house and we worship and we open the Word of God and we study what does it mean to be a disciple and that is where life happens. It is in community. We are in community with God, but also with each other. See, we need one another. You look around and it's hard to see each other and and the lighting, but by candlelight you look at one another and you say, yes, as the church of God, we need one another. Relationships are at the essence of our identity. We get that from God, don't we? God being in relationship in the Trinity, He joins us to be in relationship with Him. As Christians, we are called to live in harmony with one another. Each playing our own part so that the whole may be a healthy example to those around us of the love, the hope, the peace and the joy that only Christ can offer to a broken and hurting world. He is God with us. He truly is Emmanuel, God with us. He is God, creator of the universe. He is God with, who wants to commune with us, to dwell among His people, to live now in our hearts in the Holy Spirit. But He is God with us. Look at that third word, 
God with us. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Who gets the invitation to see the baby born in a manger? The shepherds. Consider this. The shepherds, perhaps, most likely, were in the fields caring for the lambs which were destined for sacrifice during the time of the Passover. Caring for the lambs, lambs born to be sacrificed for the sins of the people. The angels came and proclaimed the good news to the shepherds who care for the sheep. They went to see that baby born in a manger. Who were these shepherds? The shepherds, humble, working class people, outcast by the religious leaders, not being able to always keep the Sabbath, always out, day and night caring for their flock, often marginalized by those of leaders and influence. Why? Why would God send the angels to appear to the shepherds? Why not the wealthy, influential people who seemingly could have spread the news widely and quickly? Perhaps because that would have put the focus on the people themselves, the wealthy and influential, but not God. It would have been on their influence and not God's power. Perhaps He chose the shepherds for His own glory. When choosing His disciples, didn't Jesus choose fishermen? The common man, the working man, not learned or wealthy or influential members of society. But also, don't we think that perhaps God chose the angels to appear to the shepherds for Joseph and Mary's sake? See, Joseph and Mary had been visited by angels also, hadn't they? Remember in the Christmas story that angels came and appeared to both of them and so the shepherds coming to see the baby, telling of their angelic encounter, that would have given Joseph and Mary great comfort and confirmation that it truly was God's plan. For it says that they went with haste, the shepherds did, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. God chose the shepherds for His glory, for the benefit of Joseph and Mary, but also for us. To remind us that no matter what our place in society no matter what size our bank account is, what job we have, He loves us and we matter to Him. We are His beloved. To us, we are a masterpiece. So who are we that Christ would love us and give Himself up for us? Like the shepherds, yes, we are the needy, having nothing to offer. But to God, our Heavenly Father, we are His beloved children. So friends, treasure these words tonight. 
Ponder them in your heart as Mary did. Let them be tidings of comfort and joy, knowing that your God is with you. He is God with us. See, Christmas really is about the nearness of God, isn't it? It is God in flesh. How close are you to Him? What's standing in our way tonight in getting closer to God? Is it habits? Is it pride? Is it shame? Perhaps afraid of what it will cost you. See, God came to us. He approached us. He left all behind. and In the garden, did not God seek out Adam and Eve? Today, He does the same and seeks you and me. The God of the Bible seeks the lost. And that is the difference between Christianity, our faith, and all other world faiths and religions and philosophies where it is man trying to get to God. But we know, especially from the Christmas story, it is God inclining towards His creation. It is God drawing near to His people. He gave Himself totally to you. Would you be willing to do the same for Him? And then finally, how do we live this out in practical ways? How can our lives then reveal our Heavenly Father to others? How can we live incarnationally? How can we represent God to the world? As Jesus was the glory of the Father, how can we represent God to the world by being His hands and feet in a lost and hurting society. We can do it by showing compassion, helping those perhaps who are widowed, those going through divorce, caring for the orphans, visiting the sick and the sorrowing, showing love and mercy for the aged, feeding the hungry, listening to the confused, sharing our material possessions with all who are in need. By praying for one another. Perhaps it's simply in all these things, stepping out of our comfort zone and being God, being Jesus to the world around us. We have proclaimed tonight those great and true words, Emmanuel, God with us. Remember that God is always with you and you are not alone.